am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Today, my guest is Elias Patris, who is a psychic medium, empowerment coach, and motivational speaker. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. You have been called an intuitive motivator, which is an interesting term. Can you talk about what that is and what you do? What I do is I take my years of teaching, my years of coaching, and then also the psychic intuitive piece. And I blend that together to help support clients in creating their ultimate limitless possibility through connecting, educating, and growth to rediscovering their authentic self. Each client is different, right? We're all unique. So it is a process, you know, people can do a three month, six month or nine month program with me. And we talk about what is blocking them? What is blocking their their growth or what what old patterns no longer serve them? And if they're not sure of that, we say, where do you want to be? And what's stopping you from getting there? And most I would say 99.9% of the time, it's always fear. And it could be fear of success, fear of failure, fear of judgment. And um, when we look at the word fear, if we take it F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. That's all it is. That's all it is. So to let go of that fear piece, to then step into I want to say courage, strength, and and those two words for me are all about vulnerability. I think what has happened throughout this year is we've taken our time to go within, to do all this introspection, and now we need to share that introspection and say, this is what happened for me. This is what I learned. This is where I was. This is where I'm still stuck and be able to connect in a different way. Have you found some new ways of dealing with fear since that is such a central problem or block in most people's lives? Yes. And I would say that instead of being stuck in that part of self that is like, well, I wonder, when can you just be present? And this is what I know. And if I know this, I'm going to move forward in a way that I can connect differently. So stay in the present, look toward to the future, but also learn from your past. You said that we are all born with intuitive abilities. What are some of the intuitive abilities that we have access to from birth? Oh, from birth, everything everything we have everything available for us because when we're little you know thing things are just given and we're we're wide open and there's there's no um i'd like to call it a smear on our life that it's like oh this is a pure innocent this is someone who has looking at the world like a child so at birth we're able to sense different. Do you ever watch babies and they're always looking up and they're always like looking at a certain corner of the wall? Why do they do that? Are they sensing someone's there? 
you never know. So what is it that blocks our intuitive abilities as adults? <laughs> I don't know if we have that long, long of a time <laughs> in, in your podcast, Suzanne. I don't, I'm not really sure. But I'd have to say that um, what blocks us is the, the, the stinking thinking brain. The, um, we, we go right into our head and we have to logically explain everything. Let me tell you, I came here and I decided in April, I'm going to move. I moved here at the end of July, you know, just packed everything up and just did it on faith. That stinking thinking brain was saying and screaming, screaming at me. What are you doing? What do you think you're doing? You don't know anybody but maybe one or two people and you're just going to up and leave. But my heart and soul sang when I was here. My heart and soul were like, oh, the mountains and the, that Columbia River. Oh, my gosh. You know, and I sat in a chair. Um, I was at Skamania Lodge. I sat at a chair and... I got the idea for my next book and I got the title and I got the domain name and everything. So my new book, if you don't mind me saying so, is um, changing the F you into thank you, flipping the script and seeing the gift. I look at every stage of my life and say, look, I could have turned that into an F you, but really thank you for the gift. So everything happens for a reason. Everything happened. And it started when I was when I was little. My parents um, wanted a child and they were 46 and 56 when they adopted me from Athens, Greece. My mom had a dream that she would find a baby in a blue crib with a white dove painted on it. And um, two stone pillars, two stone doves. They wanted a child five years or older. My mom was born 1919 and my dad was born 1909. So I'm 56. So I had older parents and they're going through all the orphanages and what have you. And all the kids had like medical history or whatever. And um, they're driving past the orphanage that I was at. My mom said, stop the car. And there were two stone pillars, two stone, uh, well, one stone dove. And this beautiful, as my mom would say, this beautiful beige turtle dove. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, that's a pigeon, but okay, whatever. It's a turtle dove. Uh, flew on her shoulder, flew off. My mom and dad walked into the orphanage. There I was, center row, by the window, blue crib, white dove. Oh, that's amazing. So I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. We just have to get back into our heart to feel it. And to really listen how God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to say, is is talking to us. And I believe my job is to help bridge the, the, the gap between traditional and non-traditional thinking. You are an intuitive empowerment coach. What does power and empowerment have to do with intuition? Ooh, a good question, Suzanne. Look at you. So to own our own power to take that within, to hold that within our hearts is to understand who we are. And to do that, we have to listen to that inner voice. And that inner voice is our intuition.
Mm. It's the way that spirit, universe, God is speaking to us. But we're waiting for that big neon sign that says, go this way, or the burning bush that says, here, we're going to talk this way. You know, it's, we're waiting for that. And I believe that the universe whispers to us. And we have to be able to listen to those whispers. So the intuitive piece is that to empower oneself is to take back the power of self, to help self so then, then we can then help everyone else. Hmm. We live in a very noisy world. Besides meditation, what are some of the ways that we can listen to that quiet or whispering intuitive voice? Take a shower. Wash the dishes, iron a shirt, walk the dogs, take a walk by yourself, listen to music, which you wouldn't think so, but listening to music raises your vibration. And when your vibration is raised, you start hearing better. Just being aware, aware of the sight, sounds, sees, feels, good feeling, goosebumps, every aha that you can be in and saying thank you it's about switching your mindset mm. and so by doing that and by listening to our intuition and getting more connected right connected to the divine or, or whatever you you want to call that how does that help us to manifest more of what we want in our lives Great question, because when I won the Celebrate Your Life speaker program, my two-hour workshop in Sedona, um, when I shared the stage with some amazing speakers, was uh, about manifesting your desires. So uh, the way to do that is we have to have an idea, and we have to have passion behind it, and we have to have a way of feeling it and if we don't feel it the moment we say i want a new car yes but then what comes out of our mouths but i don't know if i can afford it well that that butt just canceled all the manifestation that you would want what does it feel like when the wind is blowing your hair when the windows are down it's it's feeling all that trusting and believing and having thankfulness and gratefulness, knowing that you are full of greatness within. My sense is, is that a lot of people have difficulty trusting for lots of very good reasons. So I'm wondering, how do you cultivate trust in this inner voice? I am working on it every single day. My first week here in the new house. Um, Monday, I fell down the flight of stairs. Um, Tuesday, I flooded the bathroom. Um, Wednesday, being short, I couldn't reach the top part of the window. So um, it wouldn't lock properly. So I shoved the window up a little bit, still wouldn't lock. I'm like, let me give it a, maybe a little more oomph. My hand went right through the glass. I broke the window and then the next day I locked myself out of the house. Oh my goodness. So, so the old stinking thinking brain would be like, pack up in your gulf, just pack up and go back Midwest, go back Midwest. It is not meant for you. 
the faith and the trust that I learned is, okay, now you got some really great stories to put in your new book. <laughs> and also, okay, you fell down the stairs, you didn't break anything. Your hand went through the window, you just cut your pinky. It could have been worse. You could have locked yourself out and been stuck in a towel instead of pajamas. I believe that things happen to me because I have to teach about them. And I think that happens to everybody. Our experiences happen to us so we can have an aha and then hopefully move somebody or inspire somebody or shift something within that person because we can relate. We've been through it. Well, that brings me to a question that I have for you about your own path as a healer. How did you become a healer? And it started off with me being, um, me leaving a Leo Burnett advertising job and going to a crazy 50s, 60s restaurant called Ed DeBevick's downtown Chicago, where you're a little bit sassy to um, the clients, to the customers. So instead of somebody you know, ordering a burger and saying, all right, I'd like my dessert, I could look at them and say, yeah, you didn't finish your meal, and then just keep on walking. <laughs> so it's, it's that kind of a, and we used to jump up on the counters and dance to 50s, 60s music. It was so much fun. On my way to enlightenment, opening up more, this happened when I was little, but you know, it stopped during the teenage years. I, I learned that I was an empath. I could sit down next to somebody, they could be rubbing their knee or rubbing their back, I would hurt in the exact same space. I thought I was going crazy. I actually took on my roommate. Um, she used to have really bad menstrual cramps. So I said, oh, if I could ever take those, I would from you. Uh-oh, be careful what you wish for. The next month, my pec muscles were hurting. My lower abdominal was hurting. My fingers were swollen um, and my low back was hurting. And I told her, I said, I think I have the flu. And she said, those are all my symptoms. I'm like, well, this is not possible. A friend of mine who was an energy person that worked at the restaurant told me what to do. It was great. She said, here's a card of a therapist that I'm seeing. I said, oh, you think I'm crazy, right? And she said, no, no, she's an integrative therapist. Go see her. And uh, I went to see her, phenomenal. And she was the one that I did my two-year apprenticeship program in shamanic studies and DN based. Her teacher was um, Alberto Vidiodo, wrote Shaman Healer Sage, Dance of the Four Winds, um, just an amazing man. And it was intensive work. And it was really looking at each direction in our lives. And in the Peruvian culture, it's starting in the south, going to the west, going to the north, going to the east. And then the next year was going deeper into their teachings. And I look back at my life and I, and I look back at everything from being a server at Ed DeBevix to being a manager at Ed DeBevix to going to massage school, to learning everything stepped up in a way that built this foundation of where I'm at. I understand the anatomy. I, I taught massage at the Chicago School of Massage. Um, I taught in Chicago for eight years. So 
it was fascinating learning about the body and then learning energy work and how the two blend together. So it's, it's been a wonderful life. It's been a wonderful life. And I can't wait to see what the next half of my life is going to be like. I mean, it, there are many lessons, many joyful lessons, many hard lessons, but many lessons that I'm like, oh, now I know why I had to learn that. Thank you. Thank you for letting me learn that. I'm curious, what attracted you to shamanism? And what do you think that that added to your wheelhouse of healing abilities? I loved that the apprenticeship program, the shamanistic world was very tangible. And I was sitting in front of what's called a mesa. So it's a Think of it as a meditation cloth with all these objects on there. I had stones and crystals and shells and sticks. And I had a picture of my mom and dad on there. And I had um, two dogs that have passed. I had their, their ID tags on there. So I had all these cool things. It was the start of the third weekend of the program. And I just, you know, monkey see, monkey do. I was just doing what everybody else, shake a rattle, do this, lay down, shake another rattle. You know, I was just doing everything they were doing. And the beauty of it was our homework for the weekend before was to sit in front of your mesa, meditate and see what called out. And I sat there, I'm like, I don't understand this. Now, above where my mesa was, was a icon of the Virgin Mary and the baby Jesus um from Greece brought from my grandfather in the late 1800s so this and it was you know painted in the monastery and blessed and blah blah blah. so very old icon and I'm looking at this mesa going I don't understand how these pieces are supposed to relate to you oh I got it and in that moment I understand that we'll just say God for right now God touches everything everything is energy so here i am looking at these objects that are pieces of me or pieces of my learning pieces of nature pieces of my journey that's tangible just like a rosary bead rosary um, those beads are tangible just like a cross it's tangible these pieces are tangible because when you learn in the Indian culture that you become your mesa, you are your mesa, you are that healing meditation cloth and all those pieces on there, it's already within you. Is that also what led you to co-facilitate the earth honoring altar apprenticeship? Yes, yes. I talked to a friend of mine and I said, um, so... We've been through this Peruvian um, program. And I said, what happens if somebody doesn't you know, resonate with that? Could we do something a little bit different, but still make it Peruvian-ish based, more indigenous? So what we decided to do was take those lessons and instead of make it South, North, East, West, we decided to divide it up into the elements into earth, into water, into air, and into fire, and what each of those elements meant. And then those people, the students came in, hey, well, 
if you're more attracted to Native American culture and want to set up your medicine wheel in those directions, go for it. Do it that way. Do what resonates with you. Now, mine is set up in Dean Peruvian because that's what I learned. But it was a beautiful way of using some traditions and quite honestly, intuitively coming up with what we were guided to do um, and move the program along that way. So we've, we've done two of them now. Um, they both are about a year. They're about a year. Uh, this last one, not so much because of COVID. Um, so, uh, so it's been a year and a half almost. Um, and what I like to do is I always think it's great to give back. So I asked some of the people from the first apprenticeship program if they would like to be assistants in the second program that we offered, the second one-year program, because now they're learning at a different level. They're learning the flip side of what it is to hold space for someone. There has been some criticism about cultural appropriation with respect to um, Native American and indigenous traditions. How is it that you deal with that and also adapt what it is that you have learned to what is appropriate and works for you? So what I learned was Peruvian based, right? And they brought it over here to teach us for us to grow. So I honor that. And then everything else in the earth honoring program is based on what I've done and what my co-facilitator um, Moira Scullion has done in meditation. What comes to us through guidance. When I do, we do a trance dance, which is so much fun. It's guided meditation with movement. Everybody is blindfolded. I listen to a bunch of music. I put it down and I come out with a very quick outline. And then I just talk for 45 minutes to an hour. I say like, it'll be something simple. Like my outline might be grounding, movement, um, through the earth, um, mountain, sky, heaven, whatever. It's just a couple words. And then I just go with it. I just, it just comes right through me. I honor those cultures and say that this has come from this. I will always mention that it's Peruvian based or this or this, but the other stuff is stuff that has come through. From a, from a spiritual perspective, uh, given that you say everything is for a reason and we can be grateful for what we have learned and where it has, it is leading us. What would you say as a collective, we have been um, learning from this time period? I think it's about getting back to basics, about the importance of family, the importance of friends, the importance of being present. How many times do you go out to dinner pre-COVID and a whole family is sitting there waiting for their food on their cell phones? Or how many times do you see people not even acknowledging anyone? The mask that we wear as we're walking 
and smiling, not knowing, but we're smiling with our eyes. We have to look at people in the eyes to notice where we're at, to notice what, oh, be careful, you know, someone's coming down this aisle and, you know, you're just using eye gestures. So we've learned to be present and we've learned to be in the moment and we've learned to get back to some of the old traditions that we have lost. If people want to find out more about your work, and I know that you have some workshops coming up this fall at the new Renaissance bookstore, where can they go to find out more information? Uh, They can go to my website at eliaspatris.com. And I also have a link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Elias Patras. And that lists all my social media stuff. Um, and I do, I do have, um, I don't know when everybody will be listening to this, but I do have some workshops coming up. I have a past life workshop that I'm doing September 6th, and I have a gallery reading on September 20th, and that's online. So I will be doing messages from above on September 20th. Thank you so much for being on the Shaman's Notebook today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been speaking today with Elias Patris, who is a psychic medium, an empowerment coach, and a motivational speaker. I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Each week, I bring you new perspectives on healing from energy medicine practitioners, shamans, intuitives, and scientists who are changing the way we think, feel, and heal. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a comment. Thanks so much for listening.